Oh, hello, and welcome to the Community Experience Podcast. We are so glad you're here. If you're one of our regulars, you're probably wondering why we haven't published in a while. We actually chose to sunset the show in early 2023, but the feed will stay active because so many of the episodes are timeless. If you want to learn more and search our back catalog, you can visit smartpassiveincome.com slash cxpodcast, all one word. Hey, we have an amazing event coming up, the Expert Advantage Workshop Series, where every day for a week, starting on Monday, May 20th, it's myself and another expert coming on to present to you about various kinds of things to help you with your brand and your business. Our brand new experts in residence and pro are gonna be there to co-host these workshops with me, and you're not gonna wanna miss it. You'll have a chance to ask all of them questions, and it's completely free to join. All you have to do is go to smartpassiveincome.com slash advantage. Wednesday, May 22nd, we're gonna be talking trademarks, copyrights, how to know when to do it, what IP can you do it with, and the common pitfalls that most people fall into when it comes to intellectual property. 101 with Yasmin Salman Hamdan, and you're not gonna wanna miss that on Wednesday, May 22nd. And then finally, to finish off the expert week, on Thursday, May 23rd, we're gonna be talking with Pamela Slim, about how to monetize and scale your IP and position it and package it in a way that is unlike anything you've really been taught before. Incredible value from Pamela and all of our experts on our Expert Advantage Week. And all you have to do to sign up and join and get all the links that you need is smartpassiveincome.com slash advantage. Again, one more time, smartpassiveincome.com slash advantage. Join us on our Expert Advantage Workshop Series. You're not gonna wanna miss it. Again, smartpassiveincome.com slash advantage. Hey everyone, Jillian here. Just a heads up, this episode contains some explicit language and may not be appropriate for younger audiences. You know, your biggest risk here in the community is like people stealing other people's ideas, like what your community members do to each other becomes your biggest risk. What you're trying to avoid is being negligent or, you know, let's say somebody lost their million dollar business. Well, they're going to hire a lawyer and start suing people. You don't want someone to end up getting wrong and be like, well, had I known someone was going to steal it, I would have never said anything. So you want to put the decision making, make the users decide whether to put the information out there. Oh, hello, and welcome to this episode of the Community Experience Podcast. You know me, probably. I'm Jillian Benbow. I am the hostess with the most If you don't know me, welcome to the show. Happy to have you. Today, we are talking to Wesley Henderson, who is a lawyer, and I get free legal advice for an hour. Just kidding. There's no legal advice in this episode. We talk about legal things. We talk about everyone's favorite topic, the First Amendment, and what it really means, especially in digital community when you have to moderate somebody and they say, you're violating my First Amendment right. And Wesley gives us a perfect response. So if you deal with that in your community, I hope you don't. But if you do, we have a cheat sheet for you to be able to get that conversation back on track and remind them how the First Amendment works. We also just talk about CYA, cover your butt. We talk about things like terms of service and community guidelines, how you can protect yourself. It's great. And Wesley is a member of SPI Pro. I asked him to be on the show because we do these expert events in Pro. If someone has an expertise, 
and Wesley definitely has expertise in law. It's what he does. He helps entrepreneurs with legal stuff. That's what his firm does. He and his brother have a practice called Henderson and Henderson in Charleston, South Carolina. How idyllic. And recently he started on the side, something called Drafted Legal, draftedlegal.com. And it's where you can get legal templates. They have this great start here section where you can incorporate your business, file an LLC, go through all the steps, but not in a, I think we've all heard of like rhymes with schmiegel schmoom. It's better than that. It's more informed than that. It's more personalized. And then also has all these bundles and with templates and different documentation you might need in a small business where if you can't afford to hire a lawyer one-on-one, you have these options. So I just think the stuff he's doing is great. We had such an amazing Ask an Expert with him talking about just what are the legal things you should consider when starting a business. And in this episode, we focus it mostly just on running a community, whether you're doing that for a company, whether it's your community and you own it, quote unquote, just some of the considerations to think about. So I think this is a super important episode. Also fun. At the end, Wesley does share a deal, a discount code for you if you are interested in purchasing a template or using his program to legally create an entity. Obviously, no pressure, but it's there for you if you want it. So let's get into it with Wesley Henderson of draftedlegal.com. Okay. I am so excited to introduce our next guest because he's in SPI Pro. He's a pro member and also a lawyer that helps people with businesses. And so he's done some Ask an Experts in our community. He has really cool things on drafted legal, which we'll get into templates and all sorts of things. And yeah, I think talking about legal considerations with community is a great idea. So welcome to the show, Wesley Henderson. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about these communities. You know, I've been listening to some of the episodes y'all have and Smiley, I was just listening to where you're talking about relationships, everything you look at, you know, on like these happiness barriers are kind of talking about like becoming grownups and how we feel like we're not really grownups. But when you look at all these like happiness books and happiness studies, one of the top things is always relationships. And, you know, COVID obviously really tested us on that. And so it seems like people are pouring into how do we continue to build these relationships online? Obviously, in person is pretty much the ideal, in my opinion, but it's a very fascinating and cool thing that that seems to be on everybody's forefront and uh, definitely worthy of everyone's time. So I'm excited to be helping with this and everyone listening, you know, who's trying to build that. It's a very cool endeavor. Absolutely. Well, thrilled to have you. You've helped so many members in pro with just like questions about, you know, incorporation, LLCs and and all the things to consider that I think it's easy as, especially as community builders to kind of just like skip that part. You know, it's like, nope, I'm going to start a community. I'm going to do all this stuff. I'm not registered in any way. And then it comes like tax time. <laughs> Or something you're like, oh, shit, I was supposed to. I got to be that grown up we were talking about. Yeah, right. It's like, turns out I owe a lot of money and I didn't 
think about it. And that's just one piece, right? And I think something we're going to get into today is a lot about just like covering CYA, cover that ass, cover your ass and um, protect yourself. Because sadly, we do live in a time where people may want to go after you for whatever reason. And in community, it absolutely happens. Like hate to be the bearer of bad news, but a a community member scorned. It's the wild west and you got a lot of people out there. Well, you bring up a good point. It's like, you're just trying, you're, you're on your idea. Obviously, you know, I built a couple businesses and have an online, the drafted legal. The purpose of that really is to serve that sort of mentality. It's like, oh, I'll get to it later. So we've tried to do it. So it's like, well, let's get to it later with a real lawyer when you have money really coming in, things to protect. But in the meantime, let's just check the boxes and make sure we're in a decent spot. And we've done it and you get that peace of mind and make sure that you've kind of done the very basic things in a good way so that as you build, you don't get blindsided with something. So you don't have to spend 10 grand with a lawyer customizing everything when you don't know whether it'll work or not. And that way your brain is all focused on building that business. It is something you you don't want to overlook and I'll spare the horror stories, but we all know that. Ooh, I don't know. I love it. I love a like juicy horror story. Yeah. Well, you're, you're really planning not for, you know, most of the people talking about relationship building, it's like, People you get along with, they're not going to sue you. They're not going to cause you trouble. But then you're at the store and you've got the person who's yelling at your kid or, you know, like you're doing a lot of this for the 1% or less than 1%. You know, there's some people that you just, there's nothing you can do that will be right. And they're just going to cause havoc. And so a lot of this, you know, stuff that is kind of built for them, unfortunately. And it's just kind of ends up being the cost of doing business is not designing around them, just kind of protecting against them so they don't harm it for everyone else. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I'm not going to get into the details, but I have been harassed. I have been kind of stalked, like all sorts of things for like kicking someone out of a community that was very much a part of their identity. Like they deserved it, of course, but you know, people want to make you pay <laughs> sometimes and it, and it might be over the silliest silliest thing but i think it's a it's a control thing like what can i control and it's like your digital reputation and they you know go after you and with just with the you know especially in the states like freedom of information act things that are you know they're great but it's also in the wrong hands <laughs> yeah there's uh it's been years since i saw this but there was a like a south park episode about the like food critics and everybody walks in they're like well i'm a food critic i need special treatment but it's you know it was like the rise of yelp and all this sort of stuff is just, you know, there's so many great things about being online, but then it also empowers people that can leave bad reviews. It happens at our law firm, happens, you know, everywhere. It's like, you know, they have this extra power and you're like, hold on, you're in the wrong here. How are you doing this to me? Right. And often we can't say the the things that the reality or maybe we just yeah, like, well, this is what actually happened. I do love a good when there's just like a scathing review and the business has a very like they push back in their reply, but in a way that makes them come out the winner. I don't know how to better explain it, but that's one of my favorite. Uh, I like seeing that and not to discount. Like some people have terrible experiences and businesses are horrible to them. I get that. But, you know, the ones I'm talking about. I remember seeing a picture of a like, you know, a food sign outside a restaurant. And it's like, come try the worst hoagie ever made per that one guy on Yelp or something like that. And I was like, Ooh, that's a good that's like way to that's good way to like yeah, make yeah. 
make it funny. Have a little fun with it. Yeah. The worst way to do it is to like take it too seriously. And you're like, oh man, they might've been mean to them. <laughs> and as I, I think in community in particular, it's really hard not to take things like that personally, because we put so much of our like soul <laughs> into our work. Like we want to help people. We want people to have a good time. And sometimes, you know, you have to, someone's not a right fit and you have to take care of it. And it's obviously every community builder's like least favorite part of the job. Um, but then, you know, when people, like you said, like there's some people you'll just never, you'll never do it right. They'll never be happy. And it's really hard not to take it personal. So go the, go the Yelp sandwich review way. And for a community, you're not, I mean, the communities aren't designed to be exclusive in, in the sense of, you know, being exclusive or elite or high or whatever, but you have to protect the interest of your community by excluding some people. So it's not really exclusive. It's just the other way around. It's like, all right, we're going to cut out. Oh, totally. You know, the 10% of troublemakers to make sure that the 90% get to really flourish. I do that with pro all the time. David, community manager for pro and myself, like going through applications, someone might be making money and, you know, like on paper, their business is successful, but we don't accept them because we know that the type of the business that they have is going to be, it's going to harm this what we've created in pro it's just not a fit and we're fine with that the, my experience with pro what y'all done so well is obviously been going a long time with pat and this podcast and everything but the ability to attract people who are truly helpful and, and genuine and like anytime i ask for something somebody's helpful i try to reciprocate there's a a real uh, you know a real virtual com community that, that's got some soul to it or it's got some substance and it's kind of remarkable. And I'm sure that's why people are, are listening to your podcast is how to do that in their own way or for their audience. And I think a lot of it is who you're attracting and also who you're letting in, which is probably not very fun conversation, but it makes for a, where the people who are in can really flourish. So it's hats off to y'all. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah, some people do get in that aren't a fit and we have to deal with it and you know, whatnot. We, and obviously we try to protect people's privacy or people just come in and are like, where's Pat? I need to talk to him about coaching. And we, you know, have to be like, that is not what this is. Here's a refund. <laughs> Wishing you the best. Yeah, it's it's a dance. And I think any anyone building community knows you're always going to have that one person. There's always at least one that comes in and it's just kind of a pain. But in the meantime, you, you know, you try to be as supportive and kind as you can. So one thing I want to get into, because it's like, I've got a lawyer to talk to for the next, you know, half hour, like, wah, um, and, and everybody listening, this is not legal advice. <laughs> Wesley is not your lawyer, but could be if you need a lawyer. I wanted to circle back. We were kind of touching on it. And I think this is something so common is people decide they want to start something, right? So we're going to go with obviously a community because that's, that's what we do here. And I think often starting it, it's kind of a, like a side project, a hustle, like a side hustle, see if, see if I can make this work um, and hopefully have some sort of like monetization component, like turn this into what I do. And as you alluded to, like, I think a lot of people in that position, like it is very expensive to hire a lawyer to do all the business stuff. And it, and it's kind of more like it, it's an idea. It's, you know, whatever. And so people skip the LLC, people skip even like filing with the state, that kind of thing. So I'm curious your opinion. 
And I'm guessing your opinion is like, you should still do that stuff. And you can do like, I'm just going to plug Drafted Legal because I love it. But if you want to start an LLC, they have a whole package you can do that's not hiring one-on-one lawyer. It's affordable. And so there are those options. What do you recommend to someone who's just kind of trying to test the waters with something, but maybe isn't fully into like a business? Yeah. What's the bare minimum? Yeah. Like what, what should people be doing to protect themselves? So I would, you know, if you've got the the capital, I would build in getting a lawyer. You don't really have to think about it. They'll ask you a bunch of questions. You don't have to Google or research, which is a lot of why we did drafted legal is to get you as close to the simplicity of using a lawyer and get away from some of the like automated stuff online, which I think kind of ruins your ability to control your business and know what you have. But here's what I would say are the bases is you want to get an LLC or some type of entity. I'll just say LLC because it's easy. Everybody knows what it is. It's the most flexible. You've got a bunch of different tax filing options federally. You've got flexibility and they're the least expensive. What that does is it protects you, your personal assets. Let's say you've been saving you know, money or you've got your car or whatever you have. It separates that from the business itself. So what these things do is they encourage, you know, from a policy standpoint, they're encouraging us as entrepreneurs to go build things where we're not risking, you know, our whole lives. There's no debtor's prison anymore. You know, it's here, I'm going to choose how much money and how much of my time to go risk. And if it goes poorly, that's what I've lost. Not anything more than that. So that is what the LLC and the the corporations are designed to just kind of create their own separate thing. And really, it's, it's like you're working on behalf, even though you own it, you're working on behalf of it. So that alone should give you a lot of peace of mind. It's also part of if you're you're trying to build like an asset, you're trying to build a brand, you're trying to build something of value, something that contributes, you're trying to create this animal that ha- takes on its own life. And so you start doing that with that LLC. It's inexpensive. Most states are really inexpensive now. And there's no like some of them have annual requirements, some don't. Anyway, so that would be step one. So that's like everything goes terribly. You still got this LLC. It's very professional. The second thing that I think people probably overlook, most people know the LLC, at least think about it, talk about it, is the name of your business is very important. It's hard to do this early. I've been through this where I got obsessed with the name, come to find out it's already used, but I know how to look for it and I know about it. So I just moved on very quickly. Don't fall in love with your name until you know that it's available. What that means is you can go on our website. We've got a drafted legal and you got to start here. There's a PDF that'll teach you how to look for trademarks and whether your name's available. So what you want to do is come up with a handful of names and try not to fall in love with one of them that you have to use. And you have to make sure that someone else isn't using your name in your industry. This is where like the cease and desist come from. It's like, hey, you are using my name. You might be in Idaho and not even online, but have a trademark. And once you make it popular, you know, somebody's going to forward it to him. Be like, hey, did you know Joey's Bagels is, you know, working online and people start to get confused and they can make you change everything. You know, you know, it's a rebranding that's cost because by the time somebody finds out, that means you're doing well and it costs nothing to avoid it. The second part of that would be like as you're building your own community. So first, make sure you're not infringing on someone else. The second thing is to have a plan to protect yours. That means filing a trademark. And then also doing like copyrights on important on your works, like if you have an ebook or a course. And really that consists of one or two things. You can just put the copyright notice and that gives you copyright protection, or you can file it 
federally, and that allows you to sue somebody who steals it. There's a lot of stealing people. You know, if you're on like Instagram, it's like I was talking with someone the other day, and they were like six accounts or something created to mimic them. It just like, you know, took their profile and all stuff and just started selling their stuff. It's insane. And then I follow this like personal finance guy and he keeps posting them. There's like, there's like 20 of them and it's nonstop. And so it's very difficult because there's no, you know, like classic disputes are like me and the business across the parking lot, walk into a courtroom and make our pitch. The problem with online is you're never going to find these people. And if you do, they're in a different country or like, what are the, it's totally nuts. And so there's no great way other than to try to be as protective as possible. It's one of the reasons I like the trademark and getting the copyright, because you're really trying to go above their head. So you're going to go to Instagram, you know, whatever the platform is and say, look, these people are stealing from me. They stole my idea. Look, here's my trademark. Otherwise it's like, well, who's who, who's to know? You can be like, here's my trademark with my LLC, boom, boom, boom. This is mine. Take them down. And so I think that's important to sort of establish some of that ownership early on. That's a really good call. I hadn't thought about that because, you know, when I think about the Wild West of the Internet and people just they're stealing identities, even like, you know, I <laughs> Tom Ross, who was a guest a while back on on this show, uh, he has the learn learn dot community has a book about community, you know. And we've become fast friends. Like I've gone to his community to do stuff. He's come to pro recently to, to talk about community. We're community buddies. And I got a follow request on Instagram from him. And I was like, I thought we already followed each other. You know, just the typical. So I was like, yeah, sure. And then followed him. And then he started DMing me. And he's like, about crypto. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was kind of like, is this a crypto MLM? <laughs> I was like, yeah, no. But then I looked and was like, wait a minute, none of his like he had all of his posts, right? And and I was like, there's no comments or likes. This isn't right. So I finally just told I was like, Tom, are you selling crypto? And he's like, uh, because like it's happened to him. Yeah. He <laughs> knows it. times. One, I was relieved he wasn't. I was like, don't, don't get into the crypto MLM. Yeah. Stuff. And Come don't on. ask me if you're into yeah. it. Keep it separate. And then I realized I think I someone else did that. And like and I was just like, nope. <laughs> Yeah, I keep seeing it on people posting it and they'll be they'll follow the conversation. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was embarrassed that I fell for it. I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, I mean, the scams are even at our law firm. We have them where I can see a spot them like a mile away, but it's probably like two a week. And what they try to do is get money, like fake money into your hands and then be like, oh, uh, overpaid. And then they try to get you to write a check. And it's like involves trust accounts and stuff like that. So the first time we walk through it, just be like, all right, we got to know what's going on here. And so we're like, just kind of play along and a $160,000 check just shows up at our law firm the next day. I'm like, this is insane. It looks just like it. It's perfect. Everything is kind of buttoned up. We could just, you know, just a little off. So anyway, it's good to kind of pay attention to them because you know what people are doing, but the scams are everywhere and they're never going to stop. It's right. So even though this, you know, this is sidebar, but it's, it's hot goss. Like, what did you do when you got the fake check? Like, it's pretty bold to send it to a law firm also, like. Yeah, well, it's surprising how much because they try to use your trust accounts. There's a lot of stealing from trust accounts and law firms, people who do like real estate transactions because there's a lot of, you know, everyone's money, banks money and other people's money in there. The other thing they do when we got it, we were just like amazed with how real it looked. It was like overnight FedEx, but it was FedEx from like seven doors down. We were on Broad, Broad Street and it was like the address was like seven doors down. And we're like, that's an odd thing to do. 
And then we just looked at it and we're like, there's no way we would know other than it smelling a little bit off. But the check itself was just like, looks like a big old check. Wow. <laughs> looks like a normal check you write, except for more zeros on it. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. If there, yeah. Wow. So copywriting and trademarks makes a lot of sense. If someone's just kind of doing part-time, they, let's say they use, you know, a platform like Circle, they have a community where people are paying. I'm assuming is getting money kind of a like line in the sand, in your opinion, uh, as far as like the kind of structure you need, like actually having like a, a business versus like a DBA or something like that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think definitely money. And I would even say the your time, if you're putting real time into it, if your real intent is like, hey, I'm gonna go build something, whenever that moment is, I think sometimes like formalizing it is this like crossing the Rubicon in a different context sort of moment. It's like, all right, I'm actually going to do this. Let's get that out. And it's kind of like, hey, it's go time. I've been kind of thinking about this every run I've done and jot these notes down and have whatever. It's now time to do it. So I would encourage people, anyone, anytime you're starting to get it going, definitely by the time you're getting money. But even before you're getting money, you could still have risk out there. You know, you could put a piece of content out there that someone tries to sue you for talking bad about them or they follow the advice and, you know, it, it causes them damage or they're saying you infringed on on them. You didn't know about it. So you're still wanting to, you know, protect that early on. But I, I think money would certainly be like your last spot before you, you know, like if you're there, you definitely need to have gotten an LLC. You know, part of it is everything you're building, you want to be in that LLC. So if you do get a trademark, you want it to be in that LLC, you want it uh, you know, the copyrights, the website, all this sort of stuff going towards the same business asset. It makes sense. Like, as you're saying, I'm like, this is so logical. But I also have many a times bought a URL or like had an idea. I'm like, I'm going to do this thing. And like, the, n- at no point is the LLC part like front of mind. It's more just the like, ooh, shiny. You know, one of the problems with it is there's a little bit of like confusion online. You type in LLC and it's like S Corp, Delaware, all this sort of like stuff that's like just like everything else. Some part, there are scenarios where that's good advice, but most of the time it's just sales. Like it's just someone marketing being like, hey, you should be in Delaware. They have great business courts and for years they were on the forefront. But that is really for like people looking to invest to raise like millions of dollars because investors know Delaware's courts and they know their laws. So you're being attractive by being like, hey, you don't have to learn South Carolina where I live. You don't have to learn our laws. I've got you set up in Delaware, your shareholder rights, you already know them. And you're just helping your pitch. But for like community building or, you know, running your business, you just need an LLC in your state and move on. If you, you know, four years from now need to change that, you know, you, you can change it. If you're making those big investor bucks. That's interesting. I, you know, I've, I've heard that it's like what Delaware, I think Wyoming might be on the list. Delaware, and- Wyoming, Nevada. And the S Corp thing is a totally misnomer. Like it doesn't have anything to do with the, LLC, it's all about how you file taxes. So that's a IRS election. So you can file as an S out of an LLC or a corporation. So it's not an LLC or S Corp. That's just kind of like a confused thing that is all over the internet. I mean, I'm very confused most of the time, but from what I, uh, <laughs> what I gleaned is just start with an LLC, not an S Corp, C Corp, because those have much more complicated like taxes and requirements. LLC is a little easier. 
But again, you can be an LLC that files as an S. So an S is awesome for taxes. I'm not a tax lawyer or guy, but you save like on your distribution. So what you don't pay in wages, you save like all the employment taxes. So it's like 10, 12% that you get to keep in your pocket as an owner more. So if it applies to you, you get to make more money. So everybody likes that. But you can do that out of an LLC. So you can file your LLC and then go to your accountant and be like, hey, what, you know, should I be an S? They'd be like, yes. And then you do it. So you're not prohibited there. You have tons of flexibility. That's yeah, that's good to know. Well, and, and it goes into again, like if you want to start a business, like this is how you really do it. Like you need legal protection. You need someone who understands how to file taxes. Like you, you got to pay money to make money in many ways. Yeah, I would definitely say you want to be jumping in the accountant world early on. We always tell people like your money just because it surprises people depending on where you are in life how comfortable you know some people are starting really young and aren't you know haven't played the taxes game but to put like 25 percent away just if you're not talking to an accountant just for whenever taxes come just so that you're in an okay spot we we one time were paying someone in our law firm is right out of school and asked someone else and was like i think the math is messed up here and you know, my check is like not right. <laughs> so we had to sit down and be like, this is, these are taxes. This is the thing you keep hearing about. <laughs> like, just, oh dear. You know, like it was just a different frame of reference there. And so, you know, everybody's kind of coming in with a little different experience, but definitely put some money away. 25% is a good kind of just rule of thumb. That's a good number. Yeah. Yeah. I think I want to say like, if I'm doing consulting or anything, I usually do like I always do more than I think. And by I, I mean my, my husband, if he's listening, cause he's the, he's the math man, but uh, we're always just like better to better to overshoot it than owe money. Every relationship needs one of those. Or else, yeah. So. <laughs> and it's not me even yeah. better when it's not me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so what you're, <laughs> what you said about the, the young, the young and that came under, you know, that got to learn real life stuff that reminds me of, you know, we all remember that the those are taxes. I didn't take that from you. Someone else did. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it reminds me of in school, like the, the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. We all got that one. But when it comes to like life skills. Yeah. No yeah I've got the mitochondria is, and the nucleus yeah, down. Like, so how about these taxes? How does this work? I wanted to switch gears and talk about my favorite thing, which is community guidelines and the, like they are so important in community. They're not necessarily a legal document per se, but I wonder like they kind of could be, I mean, it's sort of like a, an agreement, right? I think you're right. I got two little things to pick out there. It's like one. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is, but two also, you don't have to be a lawyer to write agreements. So I think that's important for people to know is like reaching it. There are oral agreements. Those are real. They're enforceable. Like, it, the the standard in most states is there's elements that you meet, but it's basically, are you on the same page called a meeting of minds? So it is enforceable and there's no magic pixie dust that, that lawyers do anything differently. What you're looking for is clarity, you know, and to like protect, you know, the business. So whenever, you know, when we're using our law firm and doing something for somebody, we're, we have to go learn that industry. So, you know, you could write someone who has more experience in a community would be able, you would write better community guidelines than 90% of lawyers in Charleston. You know, you have to know the industry to do it and you'll, you can do it. The lawyers just happen to see all the lawsuits, you know, we're involved in lawsuits. And so you kind of see the, that 1% we were talking about earlier. So you tend to see a little bit how it plays out and that can kind of inform 
those other like 10 clauses that you never want in there, you know, it's, uh, that's what that does. I mean, I'll tell you what we're doing. You tell me what you think. So, and, and you know, we use Circle, as everyone knows, as our platform and Circle has their own terms of service and I'm not super familiar. So I can't really get into that, but terms of service separate from community guidelines, just for everyone listening, depending where you have your community, it's a good idea. And I'm saying this to myself too, to look at the platform's terms of service. I'm guessing you could have your own additional terms of service for whatever you're doing on said platform. So we can talk about that, but also how we do it. And and we recently changed this. So when you go to apply to SBI Pro in the application, you have to check something saying that if you join, you agree to abide by our community guidelines. So we have that kind of paper trail. Before we had that, what we did is we have the community guidelines as part of our onboarding. And then we have a new member challenge, which isn't mandatory. So I, I can see the I can see the loopholes here, but it isn't mandatory. But if you if you're going through it, one of the steps, and I know this is super cheesy as a lawyer, you're like, wow, this is like And then you respond and say, Yes, I agree, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yes. Yeah. So you read them and then in the comments you say, I agree. Which again, it's it's Yeah, it's a much improved way y'all are doing it. As affirmative as you can make it, the better. So like making someone look at it, you'll do those sometimes where they're like, nope, you can't hit I agree until you scroll through. You know what I mean? Like you get on those sometimes, that sort of thing. And at least make them don't pre-check it, make them check it, make them sign it, make them take an affirmative act. I don't hate the yes, I agree, other than it's not mandatory and you do it after the fact. You're still it's your forum and you can kind of have some rules. So I don't think you're in the most dangerous place. But a lot of this stuff is just making it easy as possible on you. So when they're when you have that agreement sign, you can show it to, you know, Joe angry user and be like, look, you agreed to it. You violated like it is what it is. Sorry. And you can point to it and it's easy without that. They're like, well, I never signed anything. And who's going to, you know, and it just gives them a bunch to yell about when you have it like that clear. It's like there's still people who are going to fight. But, you know, sometimes they're like, yeah, uh, they're going to yell, send that one email, but you're not going to hear from them again. Cause they know they got a loser, you know, they got a losing case. Like it's just, they got nothing to go on. They've already signed that they would do it. I would also make sure there was always, there's a couple things on those rules you want to take from whatever the general ones are. You do want to customize these as much to your audience and your rules. And, you know, you know, some people you might be able to cuss and some, some you may not be able to cuss. Some may have younger, some may have older. So you do want to, tailor it you know those generic ones get a little uncomfortable with because they're so generic that it's hard to you know it's like the integrity of them because they're just so whatever it goes to everything you're going to be like following like 10 20 percent of it you know you're, you're oftentimes better off with something you're following all of and, and missing and then just having some like 40 page thing one thing i'd say is you want to also make sure it says whatever state you're in you know there's like a governing law one so everybody's all over the state maybe country well, let's say you and I getting some spat over SPI and there's no, it doesn't talk about where a state would go. And I sue SPI in Charleston, you know, like then y'all got to what fly here and come deal with some whatever. And it makes it, it shifts the leverage quite a bit. So you want to make sure things like that are in your home state. And we're international too, like our, our base, right? Our, our member base. So it's, that's a whole other layer. Just as a side note, I have been following, there's these 
YouTubers that are getting into lawsuits with business partners or even like people for like libel and stuff. And yeah, the what state it's filed in and then like getting refiled, like it's a mess. I don't think people think about that. Uh, they move venue. It's a big thing with like have big, heavy lawsuits. So p- what people are doing is they're searching for states with better case law. And then within the states, they move them around for who would be the most friendly to their side, like the jury. Some of it's guesswork, but it it can go on for like years trying to find, you know, trying to fight over just venue. Oh, totally. Well, and depending how petty you are, (laughs) like people are like moving to states so that they can file in those states. It's like, this is serious. I mean, I'm not a YouTuber, but like, dang. Well, it does bring up too, like when, you know, your biggest risk here in the, in the community is like people stealing other people's ideas. People like we're talking about, you know, you're stealing someone's account, you get in, you're saying things that offend other people, you're, you know, just like what other, what your community members do to each other becomes your biggest risk of, of anything else. And so you then become implicated. So, you know, two users and you're like, Hey, you as the, owner did nothing you didn't set rules you didn't do anything so what you're trying to avoid is being negligent or empowering someone so that if someone was you know let's say somebody lost their million dollar business well they're going to hire a lawyer and start suing people and you're going to get named you know the community person is going to get named and the other person's going to get named so this is where you want to have those guidelines that were really clear and be like look we said you know share information you know at your own risk we asked everybody to do you know to hold confidentiality but like you know you're in a community you know there's limits to that but you also want to have i would say you back that with a moderator who's like watching you know removing stuff removing vulgar you know things like that and you want to you know make it really clear about what the users can expect so you don't want someone to end up getting wrong and be like well had i known you didn't enforce this or had i known that you didn't moderate had i known someone was going to steal it i would have never said anything so you want to, you know, put the decision making, make the users decide whether to put the information out there, make the users kind of have to make that decision. And really, you're just trying to be transparent, you're like, hey, we, we have a website. We're not we don't know what everybody's going to say. We hardly know who the people, you know, are or their background. We're doing our best here, but there, you know, there's limits. And so you want to put those like disclaimers, get a signed agreement. I think a lot of it would be stealing. That's what I would think the primary Problem aside, just in lawsuit wise, you know, the community side would be like keeping camaraderie, keeping people from being nasty, making, you know, creating that SBI type experience. The lawsuit side would be primarily, I would think, stealing other people's content, get you know, defaming them, you know, things like that. What else do y'all see? Yeah, I think that I think harassment, I, we don't see this at SBI, but just in other places I've worked, harassment, like and, stalking a little bit. Yeah, and like inappropriate, like trying to get people off site, if you will. These were more like anonymous, public free type um, communities. So they're like a mess, but it's, it's trying to get people's information, whether it's their phone number, or whatever, to then talk to them offline and either dox them. So, you know, find get their personal information yeah you would definitely want to have like these i mean just say sexual harassment policies i mean we mm-hmm. our law firm does a bunch of employment law with employers and it's like we do training it's like this is what it looks like and you can't put up with it one time a lot of it's leadership you got to have the policy but also if you have the policy and you let it slide well you're going to be in trouble you got to call somebody on it so you want to set the tone about what you expect so you want to think through these policies don't have to do it with a lawyer but when you make your rules 
you make your values, you make your uh, core commitments, you need to follow through with them. And like you mentioned earlier, it's not easy. There's a little bit of toughness that it takes to it. You're going to have to tell someone like politely and know that they're going to, you know, come after you and email you and give you a bunch of pushback, but you have to, you know, it's just the cost of running it. Hopefully you get bigger before all that stuff comes. So you have a team to help you work through it, you know, but there is a leadership element that kind of sets the tone for what's allowed and what's not allowed. And it bolsters those policies. It's like, think of an employer who has a, you know, a sexual harassment policy and someone's getting sexually harassed. I'm like, oh, that's just tomfoolery. Don't worry about it. Like, well, this doesn't really mean anything, does it? Yeah. As you're talking, it reminds me too, like you have to establish a back to relationships. You need a relationship with your community members of trust so that they feel comfortable coming to you when these kind of things happen. And I think that is also like in a, in an employer environment, right? Like if I don't trust who I need to go to because of a situation like that, I'm not, so I'm not going to tell them, especially if it's something <laughs> like a crypto MLM that maybe I realized too late, right? Like, oh shoot, I'm neck deep in a scam, you know? And then to have to come forward and be like, hey, so I fell for something really dumb. It's exploded and I need help and I'm really embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in a community, it's a fine line because you're getting, I assume, peppered with requests, questions. Everybody wants to talk to Pat or, you know, whoever they trying to get through to. But you at the same time want to have a mechanism where you encourage people like, hey, yeah, you're, you don't get free Pat advice or whatever. But if someone's treating you inappropriately, we need to know. So it's a hard it's a it's a challenge. Like, how do you get somebody to come do that? I think that the SBI creates that sort of community with its leadership through like everyone I've worked with you, Jillian, you know, it's like setting that how you treat people. So it encourages that sort of thing. But it's hard to be like, hey, don't contact me ever because I'm getting a 1000 messages a week. As a community builder, part of what you do is you spend time talking to people and building relationships. So I would rather people come to me too much than not enough. And sure, there's a whole other conversation about boundaries and whatnot, but that's what I do, right? I do think, and we do this, and I think, a lot, you know, I, 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 I'll get on my soapbox for a second. Yay! You have to educate your community members on, one, the expectations of behavior, like there's digital etiquette. And I'm noticing um, this is a conversation my team's having kind of in the background a lot right now that I think, well, you know, we're going to start talking to the community about is digital etiquette and what that means and sharing, like what is appropriate to share in a community like SBI Pro, because we do sometimes have stuff that we pull and, you know, we're talking to whoever posted it. They just don't have the, the sense, if you will. And it's not, I don't think it's their fault. It's just they need to understand what digital etiquette means. Like this is not Facebook. You don't just put your thoughts out there. Like we, we have fun. We have off topic comments and stuff. There's a specific place for it, but it's that education piece and just making sure your community is aware of like, Hey, this is what's okay. This is what's not okay. And that's of course where community guidelines can come in. Yeah. That's a good point. I had written down a few notes and one of them, like a best practices is like onboarding could call it whatever, but you know, out of our law firm, when we work with a business, what we do is we train people. This is the same thing. It's like sometimes we assume that everyone has the same digital experience. Like you're saying etiquette for a long time every, was shared out in the normal world. Like we all say hello and someone says hello back. Your regions are a little bit different, but it's generally we're all on the same page about, you know, how you eat a meal together. 
digitally, it seems to be like, all right, what, you know, everybody has totally different standards about what we're talking about, what we can say, pictures we can post, things like that. So I do think educating me like, hey, this is we're in, this is what we expect and how respectful we expect you to be. And what I'm gleaning from you, some of that is like staying on topic to what the community's for. It's not ju- necessarily just like, you know, your best friend chit chat conversation. It's like, hey, let's stay reasonably on topic, have the right judgment to make a joke here or there, but, you know, or, or like whatever. Um, but I think some of that, like an onboarding process, a training kind of thing, in addition to getting them to sign stuff and having, you know, guidelines, like some of that too is, you know, maybe not calling people out, but it's like using teaching moments because everybody will, you'll constantly be growing. There will be different moments, you know, politics and different stuff coming up. And you'll just have to always be addressing them. It's part of uh, the challenge of of building a community like this. It's a very rewarding, but it is, uh, you know, certainly just like you're saying, your your job is primarily working with people and helping make sure they have a good experience and hearing them out. Yeah, that's what we have in our community guidelines. We also have our moderation policies. And not everybody does this. I think I, I wish everyone did. And, uh, you know, it, for the reason that it explains how we deal with things. So people know what to expect, you know, and it starts with like, Hey, we'll probably just reach out and remind you like, Hey, we have this guideline, like check it out. Here's the situation, you know, but in there, we even say like, we have the right to remove anybody from the community at any time, because if somebody comes in, you know, lack of a better term, guns a blazing and is just disruptive is obviously a bad actor. Like, I'm not going to give you three warnings. I'm kicking you out of the community. I'll tell you that I'm kicking you out. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's a good policy to leave it subjective on that because you want people in there. Obviously, sometimes people have what's called to as like progressive discipline. And it's like first strike is this second strike is this. And for the exact reason you just said, I, I encourage people away from those. I mean, like, you know, you can be subject to discipline, including termination of your account, like where it's just totally subjective. In terms of if you violate our rules and our, you know, we can pull you from it. And you need to have that. People don't sometimes forget what freedom of speech is. It's not in someone's private community. You don't, you, you know, it's not like, hey, I can walk around saying whatever I want everywhere I want. I can protest my government, but I can't go and tell a private, you know, there's a private community that was established by someone else. I don't get to go just say, hey. I can say whatever I want, wherever I want, and offend whoever I want. If I had a nickel for every time someone told me I was violating their First Amendment right by removing their post, I'd have a very big jar of change, like, a, or at least like a sockful that I could. But yeah, <laughs> knock them with. Yeah. So let's talk about this because this is something that a lot of community builders face when moderating and is the you're violating my constitutional right. The best is when someone from a different country says it. It's like, I don't think that's, but if you were me, if you're a community builder and had to remove someone's content for violating your community's policies or whatever, and someone came at you with that, like what would your kind of, What's a simple way to sh- shut it down? What I would sp- respond with, I would say a sentence like this. I think you might misunderstand where your freedom of speech applies and where it doesn't. You agree to our rules and this is what governs this community. <gasps> that was gold. You just like dropped a golden nugget. Well, and yeah, okay. I'm going to like have that. I don't know about other community builders, but I often have like a document of like copy paste responses like that, like specifically those things. So I don't have to remember it. And so when I'm in the heat of it, it's just like copy paste and like, you know, modify as, as needed. But yeah, 
The First Amendment and digital communities is one of those things where immediate eye roll for me. Now I have a super a great way to come back at it because I think I probably say things a little too snarky. Like, you want to look up that amendment <laughs> or that constitutional yeah, yeah, do you know where that one is? Sounds like you're just angry and yelling things. Yeah, remind me where we're talking about critiquing the government here. Yeah, censorship, First Amendment. Those are those are the like go to. I am triggered by you. you taking action the way you said you would uh response in community <laughs> yeah i guess the snarkier way could be to send to like a civics website maybe and be like take a look and then come back yeah who are the people that did like no but i, I mean i do think having like preset responses is probably good we we always coach people up on like this 24-hour rule you you don't you and your position wouldn't have that luxury but when people are in these kind of spats you know it's like how do you avoid disputes our law firm, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of disputes among partners, among businesses, like, and once things turn south, they don't ever come back. You know, once somebody sends that one email, it is very difficult to, you know, revive that relationship or even avoid the bigger dispute because one hothead out of, you know, the four or five people, whether it's one of the lawyers or one of the people, you know, what you're trying to do is avoid whatever the dispute is from becoming, you know, something you got to talk about for the next year or two years or even week. So, you know, we always encourage, you can write the email, just, you know, wait a day, rewrite it. And then, you know, you, you always want to remember like, hey, I might be holding this up in front of somebody. And also you want to control your emotions enough to always be respectful because whatever someone else is saying is more about them than it is about you. So you just want to remember that even though it feels personal at times, it's like, this is probably less about me. So I don't need to take the bait on it. Let's use, you know, I usually say use as few words as possible because sometimes they're just looking for somebody to engage. Yeah, I hold a similar policy with myself because if I respond angry, I'm going to scorch the earth. Like I, there's no coming back. From, I'm your worst nightmare as a client with that. So I have a like, write the, the like scathing, like just full in petty as hell email. Do not put a like in the two bar. Don't put any email in there. Just this is just... Don't put it in because you're testing fate and you're going to lose. And then I and then I delete it and then I come back. Yeah, I think that's good for years, like becoming a, a lawyer. I, I started off doing like uh, working as a corporate law in this big regional firm and just quit it because I, you know, we have more of this entrepreneurial just world. But anyway, just working in it, the way people talk, it's just like it's almost like they're it's just the way they talk. So it took me a while to getting used to, but it's like so aggressive and so like attacking. I'm like, uh, I would do that. Now I'm just kind of accustomed to it and know that it's like, this is just how they, you know, a lawyer might write something for their own client, not really coming at you, you know, it's like, and then you just kind of get used to it as you get grow up a little bit more. But certainly I use that for many years, the uh, type and delete. Yeah, I think it's, it's smart. You know, in community, I think a lot of times it's like, you need to nip things in the bud as they're happening. And that's, that helps stop a situation. But there are many situations I intentionally leave time between responses because it, it can easily turn into like a, you know, this person replied and then that, you know, and it's like fighting over email or message or whatever. So I, I think it's a good policy when, when you can do it in community. We could talk forever, but I want to be mindful of your time. So we're going to do some rapid fire. It'll be easier than the LSAT. There are no wrong answers. Um, and then we can wrap it up. I want to send people to Drafted Legal because you have some great, I think your start here page, frankly, is like the best. It's such a good place to start. It's amazing. There's so much 
so much to do. And we got a, a code too for the audience who wants to use Ooh. it. Okay, hold on to that. Let's do rapid fire and then we'll we'll give that at the end. So are you ready? I am ready. All right. So Leslie Henderson, when you were a wee boy growing up, what did you want to be when you grew up? A uh, basketball player. Nice. Unfortunately, I'm 5'10 and not particularly fast. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. You know, lawyers are good. Lawyers are good alternative. How do you define community? I would probably start with a group of people with shared trust and respect. I would inch from there on like a shared interest or some sort of bond. You know, you have your like physical community, my neighborhood, I would consider your like traditional community here online. It's uh, I have a community of like uh, social friends where we have, you know, shared usually values. Um, a lot of times recreationally, like, you know, hanging out together, spending time. Um, so I would say, you know, you don't want to necessarily say shared interest, but I think it's more that trust and m maybe some sort of shared vision of, of where you want to be going. Cause a lot of times I have great friends who don't, we don't do the same things together. I would consider in my community, but a shared respect and trust. And I think that would be where I would be aiming at. I love it. I love it. Okay. Proverbial bucket list. What is something on your quote unquote bucket list in life that you have been able to do? I, I mean, this would sound a little cheesy, but it, it's true. It's like I'm married with three children and that is going pretty well. I come from a, a single mom family. And so having that like super stable marriage has been probably the biggest thing I would say. It's proven to be super important and a good thing to focus on. So. I would say that would probably it. Yeah. That's so sweet. Are you gonna make your gonna make your spouse listen to this? Be like, just fast forward to this this. Part. No, I'm not. No, it sounded too too cheesy to to let her listen to. <laughs> She'd love it. Okay, and then flip side, what's something on this quote unquote bucket list that you haven't done yet, but you hope to? Uh, it would probably be. I've recently. I know you and Smiley were teasing about golf hobbies as you get older, but I've recently gotten into golf. Maybe that's a cliche lawyer sounding thing, but I love it. And um, you live in Charleston. You have to golf. It's like a rule. Yeah. So I would love to take my three boys who are all super young. So it's like 10 years from now to Scotland and play a bunch of golf for like two weeks and hike around and play golf one day and hike one day. And just that, that would be something I intend on doing. I love it. If you want friends to come, let me know. Cause yeah. Scotland anytime. I love it so much. What is a book that you just love that you like to recommend that you read recently that you thought was really good? What's a book you're loving? I'm actually reading a book right now about this is not going to be for your audience, but there's a, a golf resort called Bandon Dunes out in Oregon. And it's somewhat interesting because like this old Scottish golf is this very like raw. You just, you know, it's a very natural. It's not manicured. It's you know, you kind of immerse yourself in it. And so, you know, you're talking about today with COVID and it's like, how do you really build those relationships? How do you step away from social media? And for me, that is, you know, I've got kids. It's like you go for three and a half hours and you immerse yourself and you're with friends. And so anyway, this, this is kind of this place was created basically trying to mimic Scottish golf, which is a little more raw compared to American golf is a little more manicured and, you know, a little more pretty and a little bit, all this sort of stuff. And it was built in the middle of nowhere. And this guy just did it. And everybody's like, it was going to fail. And everybody loves it. It's like people like to go walk and, you know, kind of really dive in. 
that would be recre- recreationally, I guess what I'm reading. You know, I think the Simon for business, like the Simon Sinek start with why book is like, it, it just starts your brain, I think, in a, in a good place. If you're going to start a business, it's like thinking about your purpose, not as a gimmick, like, hey, how does Apple do it to win over people? But really just making you be more introspective, like what what particularly for communities, just making you think about it for hours. Like, what is my purpose here? Not that you have to go find the perfect one, but to challenge yourself to push it a little bit farther. Because those are the ones that tend to, you know, to take off because there's a core, there's a depth to it. And I think it encourages people, you know, to, to think about it, particularly community versus like a service driven or product driven. I think a community is really about that why. And I would say that's probably a good, easy, kind of fun read to do on the business side that has, I guess, been around a long time. But I remember reading. I haven't read in 12 years, but I remember reading and being like, all right. <laughs> You're like reading. I have three three young children. I, I fall asleep as soon as I can. Yeah, um, I'm there. Yeah. I think I was out at 930 last night. Nice. Solid. You live in a, a beautiful place. If you could live anywhere else in the world, there's no logistical side to this, just anywhere. Where would that be? Um, I do like it here. So if I could live anywhere, I'd probably just stay here because my whole life is here. My good friends and everything's here. I would probably, I would say I would just add like a place I could go like to the mountains. We already have the beach close and I would do like, there's pretty good mountains about three hours. Western North Carolina has them. So that's what I would do. I probably wouldn't move there, but I would just, <laughs> I would just move there in the summer. I think, yeah, I think the dream for myself anyways, because I live in the, in the mountains, like I want a place on the beach. Like that's the right. I want mountains and beach. We'll do a, a house flip or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Where, what is your answer? It depends on the day it changes. I like, if it was like a really like actually probably Scotland or London, I love Scotland a lot. If, it's just a like, can be anything, doesn't have to make sense. Probably maybe like the south of France, but <laughs> I'm not in that income tax bracket at the moment. Okay, final question. Wesley, how do you want to be remembered? It's a good question. I think about this a lot. Like the young kid thing is like, I think probably just like something along the lines of being a good guy. You know, a lot of it would be how I'm viewed by my kids' family more than, you know, some sort of big legacy. I don't look at what, you know, I try to be helpful and do a good job, but, you know, treating people the right way and that sort of thing would be what I would want my kids talking about. It's perfect. And I'm, I'm sure they will. Okay. Let's. Depends on the day. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that. Let's tell everyone where they can find you and that nifty code you mentioned earlier. Okay, cool. So draftedlegal.com is this is an online website to help with starting a business. It's a little more handholding, has some videos. SPI 25 would be the code to get 25% off. You can find community templates for starting a community. You can get an LLC there. You can do templates for many other businesses. You know, if you're a business coach, that sort of stuff, independent contractor. So a lot of the templates you would need. And then if you needed an actual lawyer, you can go to the about page and it'll take you to our actual law firm, which is my, I guess, day job. Like many of you may be doing side things. This is increasingly becoming more part of my day job, the drafted legal. And so we're really excited about hopefully it being kind of the next way to help people kind of check off this legal without saying like, ah, I don't even want to think about it. So we want to kind of empower people to be like, all right, it's not that hard. 
keep it simple. I'm not going to give you a hundred different options. Just go hit the basics and go build your business and then make some money and then hire a lawyer. That's the, that's the route. I love it. So drafted legal. Are you, are you, you're not really a social media person? No, not really. We started doing YouTube. So I'd say go to YouTube. There's a, some videos coming out, but part of, yeah, I don't, um, Oh, time for we that. We do Instagram. We do. I like the one and done for a while. I don't like the ongoing chore of. Same. I pretty much de deplatformed myself of all the. I just, I just don't really use social media anymore. It takes up too much time. Well, Wesley, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy, busy day. We'll be sending people to draft as legal. It's fantastic. I think I might even be purchasing a couple of these templates soon for a side thing I'm doing. Cause I'm that person that's like, I don't need a, I don't need legal documents. And yes, I do. Um, yeah. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for being here. All right. Thank you for having me. That was a lot of fun. And that's the convo with Wesley Henderson of draftedlegal.com. I hope you enjoyed it. I did. Obviously I think Wesley is just a great human but also I love what he's doing. And you know, the sad reality is you kind of have to cover your butt. You have to protect yourself just in case it. And as Wesley was saying, it's the majority of people will be fine and delightful, but there's, it's that one you're protecting yourself against the threat of that one. I do think, you know, lawyers see, like you said, he wouldn't get into the horror stories, but you know, he has them. And so he's seen the worst right? And so that's the perspective, someone who works in, in law like him, that's what they think about when you ask questions about like, oh, do I really need to do this? He'll think about that one time that it totally blew up someone's life. Um, so figure out what works best for you. I think a lot of us get very overwhelmed, myself included, about just the financial costs of setting up a lot of things that may never I don't want to say matter, but like will never happen. But then when they do happen, that's when you're like, oh, I wish I would have spent 500 bucks <laughs> and saved myself potentially tens of thousands of dollars in legal fees. So you do what works for you is the advice <laughs> a friend gave a friend long ago. And I will continue to say, you now are part of that inside joke. Do what works for you. But I hope this was helpful. I hope it at least gets you thinking about what are the terms of service of the platform you use and are they all encompassing something we did not talk about um, i wanted to but we just didn't have time uh, and it's something i see and i have experience with is it's ages do you have a policy in your community for a minimum age the internet and a lot of laws existing laws federal laws including gdpr so not just the us 13 is kind of the magic number, but that changes. Let me tell you, there are bad people everywhere, probably <laughs> and definitely in digital communities who want to prey on children. I hate to like, I don't want to, I hate to end with this, but I just want you to be aware at the very least think about, and we're doing this at, at SPI right now too. There are lots of laws. There are lots of guidelines about how to keep kids safe on the internet. And if a 12 year old, 14 year old, for whatever reason joins your community, maybe they're a budding entrepreneur and like awesome. 
Do you have a policy on if they can direct message with other members? Can you see direct messages on your platform? Probably not. That's a very real issue and risk. I kind of err on the side of don't like have a policy that you don't allow under 18 in your community. If you want to consider having a policy about, you know, they have to self-declare. Maybe you're gathering birthdays when people join to make sure they're to, to verify their age. I mean, this goes into a whole, this is a whole other episode. And maybe, I mean, maybe we should do one because this is something I think is really important and often overlooked. At the very least, consider disabling direct messaging for teenagers, for people who are underage on your platform. I'll leave it at that. If you want to grab a coffee and talk further about why I think that, let's talk. Hit me up at Jillian Benbow on Twitter. Let's talk about it. I think this is a part of community that I've been thinking about a lot. And I think is unfortunately going to be a bigger legal issue down the road for some communities. <laughs> so on that note, check your community guidelines, check your terms of service. How are you protecting your community members, but also yourself? This has been a wonderful time. I hope you enjoyed talking to Wesley as much as I do. And I hope you go check out draftedlegal.com and I will see you next Tuesday. Learn more about Wesley Henderson at Henderson and Henderson in Charleston, South Carolina. If you're looking for individual legal advice or head over to draftedlegal.com and learn more about all the products and services available. Your lead host for the community experience is me, Jillian Benbow. Our executive producer is Matt Gartland. Our senior producer is David Grabowski and our editor is Paul Gregoris. Sound editing by Duncan Brown. Theme music by David Grabowski. See you next Tuesday.